Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 51 of the F Reality podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on our YouTube channel, Twitch and Facebook. You can tune into the show live at 7pm in Europe, 6pm in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. If you missed the live stream, don't worry, you can catch up with the whole show as I re-upload it every Sunday to our own YouTube channel or you can check out the audio version, which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat, and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now, let me introduce you to the team. Unfortunately, this week, uh, Nathie cannot make it because he's actually going to be ringside at the Logan Paul versus KSI boxing match in... so here in the UK, uh, but I wonder who he's going to be backing. I'm not quite sure if he's Team KS- KSI, Team Logan Paul. I'm not the quite thing sure. Is, I actually suggested him like, can we do like the podcast there? It'd be kind of funny to see Natey there in the ring, holding yeah. his phone, trying to pay attention <laughs> to the match, and then yeah, yeah. viewers don't have to pay so much money to see them actually play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good ring. idea. Good idea. Yeah, if you're interested in the 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 fight, it is actually being live streamed on YouTube later on tonight. The the match doesn't actually start till later after the show, so make sure you stick around for the whole show. It doesn't that's actually start till after. Um, but I would love to know in the chat if you're backing one or the other, or you just don't care. Either way, I'd love to know. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, Nathan's not going to be here, but you're going to be stuck with the three of us, the three musketeers. We're going to keep sailing this fine, fine ship and deliver you the, the best and latest news in VR. So next up, if you're new to the show, let me introduce you to the rest of the guys. Be careful with this one, because if you're not careful, then he'll steal your beloved childhood bear. It's the fastest YouTuber alive, Rowdy Guy, a.k.a. The Bear Snatcher. How you doing? Are you alright? Yeah, I'm alright. Actually, the funny thing is that uh, you're, you're talking about this bear, right? It's, yeah, uh, Mr. Bean's bear. Ready, ready. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I, I posted this on Twitter. I still have the, the tag on there, even. Uh, I posted this on, on Twitter, and actually Mr. Bean responded and said, you better give it back. <laughs> it was actually <laughs> about the, the, the verified Twitter account from, the, from Mr. Bean, so that was actually kind of funny. <laughs> that is awesome, man. That is freaking <laughs> awesome. Okay, so next up, in the event of a zombie apocalypse, you'll definitely want to have this guy on your side. It is, of course, our resident VR Twitch streamer, Zimtok5. How you doing, dude? You all right? That is a that is a bossy intro, Mike. Thank you for that one. I appreciate that because yeah, I have been playing way too much The Walking Dead. Uh, I I have I've even got my wife into it now, which is great. I've got a crew of like five internationals all working with me, and another team of about eighteen working on it. So, zombies has definitely been the flavor of my week. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And last but by no means least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Population One. We discuss this new virtual reality battle royale game coming soon. Will this be the Fortnite of VR? Well, we'll find out. Uh, We're going to be talking about the VR presence at Gamescom. I give you the lowdown on all the VR experiences I tried at the event this week. And then finally, we're going to be talking about Arizona Sunshine LB Edition. Can Arizona Sunshine top the void as the best location-based VR experience? Mm. We'll stay tuned to find out. But of course, let's uh, find out what everyone's been up to this week in the metaverse. And let's kick it over to Rowdy because now he's back up and running. Uh, You know, he's got his room set up now. He's got his first video back back on track. So I'd be intrigued to know what you've been playing. Yeah, I actually got playing again uh, yesterday. Yesterday was the first day that I got everything set up. I got myself a green screen now. 
as you can see nice. right over there i can like shift it aside so it's all really compact very nice uh, everything is set up the way I liked it, I, I drilled some holes in the wall so I could hang up my headsets. So everything is plugged in, everything is good to go. And the first game that I actually played was uh, Megaton Rainfall. It's been uh, it's been released now also on the Oculus Rift. I've played it before on the PlayStation uh, VR headset, uh, but back then I don't think it had motion controls. I think it only had like the uh, the, the track. Yep. Uh, you know, how's it called again? The controller, you know, like the PlayStation, yeah, yeah. the Dual Shock, and um, that, I played it with that. I didn't really like playing with it because it's so finicky with the controls, and you you need to be so careful with where you aim or your blast because you need to actually you're so powerful that you can't use too much of your powers because if you use too much of your powers, everyone dies and. You're actually the biggest danger in the in the entire game, I think. Uh, so you need to save the planet from alien invaders, um, and by doing so, you get like so just kind of like Zeno Cube kind of things. And by doing that, you get more of the story that is actually uh, uh, folding out slowly. Because I don't really know what is going on. You've been chosen in some weird way by your dad with some kind of deity i think um no idea how the story is unfolding yet but uh, i've had a lot of fun with it it's a it's a fun game and it really gives you that feeling of of being a superhero that is completely and completely indestructible and overpowerful really cool yeah i i completely agree actually and uh although i i thought the game had its flaws in terms of um you know some of the menu systems were difficult to navigate some of the controls can be a little bit off at times um but it was the way that the game made you feel that I thought it did so well on. Like, um, you know, like Super Hot, I've mentioned it before on the show many times that it's kind of one of my favorite VR games. And it's not necessarily because of the mechanics or the way it looks, it's because of the way it makes you feel. It makes you feel like a badass when you play it. And Megaton Rainfall does exactly the same thing. Like, it actually makes you feel like a superhero. And, you know, when you compare it to like Marvel Powers United, you know, you actually feel like a superhero in Megaton Rainfall compared to that other game. So, yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But it's the sense of scale as well that is in that game. Like, you can, like, fly up and, like, uh, go to other planets. You can go to other universes. I haven't gotten to that part yet. Um, but it, it just feels so amazing to be flying around and in, into that world and into that galaxy and then to blow stuff up. I love doing that. Do you, do you, like, really the do. Yeah. Do you like the screams, Rowdy? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. That, <laughs> that's, that's true, actually. Back to that game. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Like, because when, like, like you described, when you're throwing your your like uh, balls of lightning and stuff at uh, the alien invaders and you miss, well, then you just like completely level a tower block full of people and you just hear the screams in the Yo, distance. I, I got like a, I got like a new power just now in the in the last episode, and it was called the Megaton Blast. Yeah, and uh, by by doing so, it was kind of like like a Kamehameha from like Goku. And I was like at the end of the, I, I finished the mission and I had to go and you know speak to my dad again about how well I did the job. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just try and destroy the city. You know, like, let's see how much it takes. And it literally took like one of those. And you see like the shockwave go through the city blowing all those cars away i'm releasing that video today um it was such a cool thing to see that you know like the the shockwave going through and like all those cars are like blown to the side in the circle that is coming from the shockwave so cool one of them like and it's not even the final power so uh I, i've i've even read things that you can destroy the entire planet so i'm, I'm, yeah, you I'm guys, going to do that I'm you guys obviously haven't haven't been inside the planet yet have you Ooh, inside, no. Yeah, I've gotten quite far in that game. The thing I was going to say is, although it can make you feel quite like a badass, you know, when that guy comes down, he says, my son, all you need to do to proceed to the next level is just get to this cube. 
this cube over here that I've placed. Just just come over here to this cube, and with the PlayStation controls, you're like zooming past it and stuff, and you're like, I just can't get to the Just, it's easy, son. The cube. Yeah. Just get to the also, cube. The, the weird thing is, he, he doesn't call you son, he calls you offspring. And I'm like, excuse me, offspring? Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, ugh. I was like, I'm Ben. No, I can't even. I'm Ben. Like, just imagine if your dad calls you offspring or son. The entire time. <laughs> son, son is still okay, but offspring. Offspring. That's awesome. But like you say, like yeah, when you can go into the planet, that sounds really cool. Because like one of the one of the best moments for me was when I didn't realize you could go into like other solar systems and other planets. And when I took off from Earth and then I just landed on the moon, that for me it was just like, yeah, this game is awesome. Like this is so much fun. Uh, I haven't actually gone back and played more of it yet, but I should. Like how far how far sort of uh, are you in it, Zim? Like how many hours do you reckon you've sunk into it? Probably twelve to fifteen, I'd say. Oh wow! Probably four Ooh. or five like full-on play sessions. So mm. I'm I'm quite deep in it. Um, I can't say any more. I'll give was some that on, was, away. Was that on PSVR or have you got yeah, into PSVR. it again recently? No, I I have a tendency to like when a game launches on a platform and I've dug into it, like Skyrim. I'm not going to switch platforms because you'll yeah. lose your story progress. Like I'm just not yeah. going to do that. Which is actually why I'm so happy that I waited for Moss. To land on pc because that game looks freaking yeah. amazing on pc yeah it's a beautiful game it's a beautiful but, game uh, i wanted to drop an analogy before you just switched because i know you just sure. about to switch, was if 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 uh megaton rainfall you're superman and windlands like you're spider-man you know it's like i like the fact that you know vr has its even though those games don't exist with the official branding you can yeah. still be superman or spider-man if you want to and there's some good games out there for you yeah, exactly. And touching on Windlands too, you know, it's been in development for some time now and we're qu fairly close with the developers of that game and we've tried it many times throughout its sort of development and that's really shaping up to be a really cool game and I'm very excited for when that comes out because I think not only is it a great game, but it's also a great co-op experience as well. And I think, uh, you know, co-op experiences to me are some of the best experiences you can have in VR. So that's why I'm really excited about that game for sure. Same. Um, so what have you been playing this week then, Zim? Um, other than killing zombies like crazy, uh, a lot of classics actually. So I've been spending a lot of time with with uh, the news we're going to talk about later, with the new graphics, you know, coming out and a new yeah. Assetto Corsa Competizione, you know, game coming very shortly for 2D this month and for VR next month. Um, I've been I've been kind of revamping the servers that I run, which are all under the Zim tag, and so we run 45 servers that are all different kind of maps and mod tracks and base tracks in the Assetto course a game so assetto's kind of been taking most of my time uh, but last sunday I, I discovered the most amazing dad trick which is that kids love skyrim and so i played skyrim for like four hours straight and my four-year-old and two-year-old like no other time before just sat on the couch and were so happy and what i could give them the ability to do was the screen of course is showing what's happening in the headset or whatever but like yeah. i'd hand my daughter one of the move controllers had my son the other one and they'd like have like faux sword battles with the two like dual-handed weapons ah, on yeah, the screen yeah, yeah, yeah. and so every time i picked up a new weapon they'd be like oh dad i want to have a go you know they're like battling each other for like 30 seconds and then we go again and my daughter's like dad can we find another bad guy it was awesome it was really really fun it's interesting to see that you're still going back to play more skyrim on psvr oh, dude that's awesome love it, love it. it my, my opinion has not shifted that's still my favorite all-time vr game it's just like a holiday mm. every time i get into it 
Wow. So, I, I wish I had the patience of that game and I wish I loved it as much as other people do because it's just one of those experiences that you, know, you, you can go it? back. Have you tried it so far? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I played it on PC and, you know, I, I played it for like maybe an hour or so and I was just like, ah, it's just not clicking with me. I just don't feel this like mm -hmm. affinity to play, keep playing anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's a shame because I know so many people love that game so much. Um, <laughs> I, I can only say this because my community would uh, want me to admit this. But I think it took me the first twenty hours before I even completed one quest. So, right, <laughs> right. You, you just you just like to take your time, explore every single nook and cranny. I I don't care much for quests. <laughs> I'm more of an explorer. But the weird thing about Skyrim, which like just I'm so still so baffled by it, that literally you can just go take off over some mountains and then stumble upon the dungeon, and that dungeon will have like two and a half hours of content. Like that's a VR game right there, right? Like just yeah. that dungeon. And you just keep doing it. Like, I haven't exhausted anything it doesn't feel like. I feel like there's still so incredible much to do. And, th and the thing that I did recently, which was a horrible sin, was I didn't broadcast a really cool bit of one of the DLCs that come rolled into VR Skyrim. Some people don't know that, that all the DLCs that came out are actually roll baked into the VR version. So you get everything, uh, which means it's an enormous amount of content, you know, on top of an enormous amount of content. Uh, but there are some really amazing visuals later in the game. It, that that really pays off. Are you talking about the uh, the nude mods again, or is this like something? <laughs> <laughs> the record I've never seen myself the nude mods. Sure, like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, actually, like, in the chat, people are a little bit divided as well. We got uh, Brian Foster who said, "I could never get into Skyrim either." While Paradise Decay says, "Mike, you are missing out on all of the sci-fi elements in Skyrim." Yeah. <laughs> On yeah. the Twitch side, actually, here someone has said, uh, "Are these guys going to play some asymmetrical VR games together?" Big smiley face. So I know we have some VR games pegged for the coming, uh, mm -hmm. the coming weeks, and I know we'll be talking a little bit about that later. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully so. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll have something to show you, show you guys and girls. That would be really cool. Um, so this week uh, I was at Gamescom. Uh, as a lot of you uh, know, I had the opportunity to play some games. And the one I really want to talk about is Fisherman's Tale. Uh, this is a game born from a collaboration between Vertigo Games, uh, the devs that brought you Arizona Sunshine, and the devs that brought you uh, La Paris, which was kind of like a VR ballet kind of experience, which was really sort of magical and quite cool to watch. Um, but this game revolves around being a fisherman in a lighthouse and within that lighthouse is a model lighthouse and within that model lighthouse there is another model lighthouse <laughs> uh it's very very cleverly done uh you kind of play the role of the fisherman in the middle of the lighthouses so when you look up through the roof of the lighthouse you see a fisherman and whatever movement you make that fisherman makes and then when you look in the model lighthouse in front of you the small one there is a tiny little fisherman, and he also mimics the movements that you make. Oh no, it's so a marionette. It, so they're all stitched together, basically. It, exactly, it's, it's so a marionette. Weird. So, so you all move in sync within these kind of little environments. Uh, it, it's so it's so smart the way they do it. And um, when I when I played through it, you sort of have to solve puzzles. It's kind of like a puzzle game and room escape game kind of rolled into one. And you use the scale and this kind of like Inception lighthouse kind of thing to solve the puzzles. So to give you an example, there's like a cabinet, but it doesn't have like a handle on it. Uh, but you've got this huge anchor in the room uh, that you're in. Whereas if you look in the tiny little lighthouse, you can pick that anchor out and then you can use oh. that as the sort of handle for your cabinet in the, the room that you're in. And then other elements of the game where you sort of meet some oh. sort of uh, unlikely allies, like you, you end up making uh, friends with a little crab and he's kind of giving you some advice um, about how you can solve some of the puzzles, but he won't help you unless you give him like a, 
a life preserver <laughs> and a little captain's hat. Uh, so you, you find a life preserver in your room, which is like to scale, but obviously you need it really small. Um, so then you use the giant fisherman above you to sort of scale it down. And then the funny thing is when you put that preserver over the fisherman in the model, the small model, it actually goes over you as well. So it, it's completely mind bending. And, and sometimes when I think about this game, it actually makes my head hurt. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, when I, you're I, talking about it, I'm already thinking like, wait, so you need yeah. to put the like the, the the giant needs to put the little crap hat and then like I, yeah. i'm already lost there <laughs> so a, a good way to kind of uh give an example of it is is if you've ever played floor plan like it's quite an old vr game where you was in a lift and you had to solve puzzles on different floors where there was one where you could put stuff on the floor of one and then when you go to another floor it's much bigger and then you could use that mechanic to kind of scale up or scale down items if you needed to. Oh, and mm -hmm. that's kind of like the hook that this game revolves around. Um, but it was very well done. Like it's, it's narrated the whole way through as well. So you got, got this like narration of, of this kind of French fisherman giving you the story, which kind of uh, leads you along the game. And uh, I finished the first sort of uh, level and uh, apparently it's got sort of uh, four levels in total. And they reckon it's probably going to take an hour to two hours to finish. So not a particularly long game, but it's very rich in sort of detail. Uh, it's very colorful. Uh, and, and and overall, like the most important thing is it's it's fun to play. So um, I really enjoyed my time with that one. Uh, as people know, you know, if you're a regular of the podcast, I really enjoy puzzle games in VR. It's one of my favorite genres in VR. Uh, so I, I was really excited to play this one. Yeah, it was a really cool one to play. Uh, it's coming out later on in the year on HTC Vive, uh, Oculus Rift, Windows, MR, and PSVR. So if you like puzzle games in VR, then this is one to definitely keep an eye on. Is, it, is there an is exact release date already? Uh, not exact release date. I think it's just coming out later on in the year, but I don't think it's that far away. Maybe in the next couple of months. Yeah, but it was very interesting. Was the story side because like the little aspect, the little flares like with the crab and that. I mean, sometimes you can have a story in a game and it's really about the characters or the the set pieces that you have. Did you find it stitched together quite well or? Um, yeah. So like you know the story, the basic premise of the game is that a storm is coming. You live in the lighthouse. You have to put the light on to save like people because the storm's so fierce. Mm. Um, and 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 yeah, it just has this kind of like mind bending sort of inception style gameplay to it and yeah you know when you're when you're sort of trying to work with this little crab it does get a bit crazy but it makes the gameplay very interesting uh you know especially when he's like you're recounting your crab tales does sound a little crazy mike yeah i won't be sharing any more of those stories uh but yeah so that was the game i played at gamescom this week uh that kind of wanted that stood out in my mind and i wanted to share um but whilst we're on the subject of puzzle games let's talk about the first subject of our quick news this week and that is a game called Twilight Path. Now, um, if you're familiar with uh, a game called Form, uh, it was a, a sort of puzzle game that was released a while ago in VR. So you could pick it up on Steam VR and it's available on the Oculus Store as well. But it was a, a puzzle game made by Charm Games. And it's probably one of my favorite uh, VR puzzle games, even though I was very sort of critical of it for being so short because it was only like an hour long. But what they did in that game, it, I haven't really seen in any other puzzle game. And that was that the whole world kind of transformed from one puzzle to the next in like a, almost like a transformer, you know, like the movie transformers where they like transform into cars and robots. The, the puzzles transformed, but in such a satisfying way, you just thought it must've taken them frigging ages to make this game. Which one is um, this? Form. 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 
Yeah, I yeah. I, I, I believe you played it as well, right? Right, right. Yeah, right. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, the, the premise of that game is fairly simple. You play the role of a scientist. Experiment goes wrong. You end up in this kind of mysterious world. You have to solve puzzles to try and escape. This is kind of similar in its narrative in that, you know, you're set in a, a mystical realm between the real world and the afterlife. And you have to explore a land of mystery and enchantment and restore balance to find your way home. So similar sort of premise. Um, but, you know, Charm Games... They did such a fantastic job with form that I'm really excited the fact that they're going to do another puzzle game in this this game called Twilight Path. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, they've got some interesting mechanics that they show in the trailer, like uh, using uh, telekinesis to repair buildings and a, a bridge. Uh, and also this kind of lens that you have to sort of put in place to solve puzzles, to reveal sort of like hidden clues and mysteries how to solve puzzles. Uh, so again, another cool puzzle game that we've got to look forward to, which again is coming out later on this year. So it looks like we've got some really class A puzzle games coming. If you if you like that sort of genre, you're going to be spoilt for choice later on this year, it seems. Is there an exact date for that one? No exact date for that one because they've only literally just announced it. Um but again, we're going to be talking about another puzzle game later on in the show as well called Torn, which uh, we'll be touching on a little bit later. So it's you've got these three podcasts, the, the, the yeah. puzzle podcast, the, the, the puzzle VR podcast. But yeah, it's kind of funny because just recently it's kind of felt like we've had a bit of a, a dry patch in terms of uh, games coming out. And then all of a sudden we've got so many, you know, we can barely contain ourselves. So I, I kind of like it when that happens. You know, we're going to be spoilt for content soon enough, which is going to be really cool again. Awesome. Puzzle games are actually one of the stronger areas since the uh, early outset of VR because you don't. You, there are there are plenty of yes. single developer teams that mm. have come up with some very inventive kind of room escapes or puzzle games uh, that that don't necessarily have a lot of flash and bling, but are you know really satisfying to play. So yeah. uh, there's loads. There's probably off of my list even I would say thirty, probably upwards of forty solid puzzle game so if you're a puzzler out there and you're not into vr yet totally look into that yeah totally and one that i keep on meaning to go back and play more of is uh, i expect you to die because awesome. i haven't pl i haven't played it since they did the, the the new dlc which is that train train level <laughs> and i hear it's really good i hear it's, it's really good, good. It's you're fun, gonna pull man. your hair it's out you're not existing also the human yeah, that game is, is really well done like the, just the the gist mm. of it like it's so well done it is it is it is um, so our next piece of uh, small news this week is Transference. Uh, Transference is a game coming soon to VR and non-VR. Uh, it's kind of like a um, made by a studio uh, called, hosted by Eliza, Eliza Wood, which is like SpectraVision. And they've basically worked with Ubisoft uh, Montreal to put this game together. And it's kind of a trippy, kind of mind-bending PTSD style game. It's it's really strange. Uh, I got to play it uh, at, at Gamescom, like the first level of the game. But they've got a demo that is uh, exclusive to PlayStation uh, VR and uh, PlayStation as well. So if you're interested, you can go and check that out. It's called the Walter Test Case, and it's actually a prequel to the game. So it takes place several years before the events of Transference, and you enter the experiment that laid the foundation of the events that follows later on in the main game. And like I say, you have to sort of uh, go through a troubled test subject suffering of post-traumatic stress syndrome and sort of piece together his kind of memories in attempt to kind of understand what the heck is going on in this story. Um, the, the, the sort of level that I played it at Gamescom, it had a sort of a video introduction from like a, the scientist, which is the father of the family. And it kind of just touches on the fact that he was experimenting with some crazy stuff in his day job. And then he decides to take that experimentation home and start testing it on his family. 
and then that start that's when well, things get really well, Mike, doesn't yeah, it? yeah. It, it gets super messed up like you basically have to piece together his memories but you can do it from other people's perspectives as well and the way they do it in the game to f- to switch from one person's perspective to the other is by flicking the light switches and then you can sort of take the role of the son you can take the role of the father and then eventually the wife as well to try and piece the story together um but it's very strange very creepy it's it kind of got this un- how they mix uh, the gameplay together with like the movie scenes since you have like you know yeah. characters that are actually like physical actors it's, yeah it's exactly really well done in the yeah, trailer at least it looks really cool you don't see that much in VR, so it's kind of a bit refreshing. Uh, but yeah, the game is completely messed up. Um, very creepy and unsettling because you have no idea really what's going on. And it's kind of like, um, you know, the family's going through this like turmoil and then you sort of get parts where like you'll see the kids running in the background like you do in, a- you know, like that scene in Aliens where they just catch a glimpse of like the alien running through the vent and they're just like, oh yeah. shit. It's kind of like that. Um, but yeah, the demo is available for free to check out and it's just like a precursor just to kind of warm you up a little bit for the game that's coming out uh, in uh, September. It's going to be launching on the 18th of September. Um, the full game is going to be available on PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, HTC Vive, and then you can also play the game Pancake Mode on PS4, Xbox One and PC. So they're covering all bases on this one. Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting one to play in VR. and I think it adds a lot more to it. You know, you actually feel like you're a part of the game. Um, it was again, uh, you know, the demo was over pretty quickly that I tried a, a Gamescom, but again, it is, it's very uh, interesting and sort of, um, you know, sort of like a, a refreshing sort of like mix of this sort of new gameplay. Uh, so again, another one to sort of look out for and keep an eye on that's coming soon to VR as well. My initial thoughts of Transference, when I played it last year, and I think the demo is still framed about the same thing as they were showing at Oculus Connect 4 last year. Um, I think accessibility might be a problem for them. I, I kind of put it in a category like um, uh, par- Paranormal Activities. No, there's another game that I'm thinking of that's it's similar to. There's a kind of horror title that it's like, but as you say, it's a bit messed up and kind of you step away from it going like, is this a you know a, a PTSD simulator? Because that's yeah. kind of what it is. And I, I won't give away the story because I think the story is maybe its strongest part. Um, but I, to me, the game design, it felt a little 90s. This kind of mm. like pick you up from one scene, drop you in another time, drop you in another time. I didn't really take a liking to it personally. Well, it depends yeah. on how well they do. The wider experience yeah. turns out to be. It's kind of like got elements of like glitches, you know, like what's real, what's not yeah. real. You, you question the reality around you, you know, uh, and you sort of hear voices and it's, it's so super that's weird. Yeah, like that kind of Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, Stranger Things kind of mix of just mm. messed up sort of story. Perfect Blue. You guys probably don't know that reference. <laughs> Never heard of Perfect Blue. If, you, if you're if you into uh, <coughs> adult films, and I don't mean that like adult oh, films, oh, like triple oh, X oh, films. Here we oh, go. I see. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. So this is a this is a manga, right? It's an anime. So it's a, it's a you know animated film. But there's the most backed up mental trip you will see. It's very good. Uh, so if you can track down a copy of it, because it's kind of rare, Perfect Blue is worth watching. It's got so some sexy it, stuff as well. So is it is it sexy or is it scary or is it a bit of both? Sexy, scary. More scary than sexy. <laughs> right, okay. A little bit of both. Yeah. I'll, ask the chat. I'll ask the chat what if, if they know it, if they know it. So then yeah. <laughs> if the chat knows it, then you're not the only person, okay? If, if Akira was like sci-fi, then this is more focused around... Um, um, like a, a pop star, pop star culture, 
but yeah. things go very wrong. So that's all I'm yeah. going to leave it at. Let's find out who the freaks are in the chat who really yeah. like this kind of sexy, <laughs> oh, sexy right, cartoons. Right. Yeah. Everyone is saying that they're not having a clue, but I'm, I'm not trusting them yet. Yeah, <laughs> liars. We know it. <laughs> we know your secrets. Okay, so let's move on to uh, sort of the biggest announcement this week in sort of like tech and PC gaming in general, and that is Nvidia uh, launching their RTX 20 series uh, graphics cards. So just before Gamescom started last week uh, on Monday, NVIDIA held an event, an unveiling event in the center of Cologne. And I queued up outside the event for three hours so I could get in there and actually sort of be a part of the whole sort of event as it unfolds. Um, it was kind of worth it in the end. You know, it was cool to be there, be part of this huge unveiling. And also I was able to get uh, my face on the uh, <laughs> NVIDIA pre-stream Twitch uh, stream which was really really cool um it kind of happened in a weird way just to kind of tell you a little story about that how that happened I was, was um i was kind of in the audience just sitting there waiting for the keynote to start and then some guy comes over and says oh does anyone want to be on the pre-stream and i was everyone around me were kind of like journalists and they were like nah i don't want my face on camera and I, I, initially i was like no of course not but then i was like yeah of course i do like oh you know i want to try and get my face on the on the on the twitch stream i could talk about vr and then uh, he was like what do you do i was like oh you know i've got a vr youtube channel he was like, oh, cool. So I thought, yeah, this is going to be a great opportunity. And then literally five seconds later, that's when it started. So I had literally five seconds to prepare for it. But it, it went really well. It was nice to talk to uh, the lady there. And she sort of joked at the end because I told her that, you know, I collected headsets that, you know, maybe I could help her out with like a headset. And I said, well, you know, you you work for NVIDIA. So maybe you can help me out with a graphics card. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, that, didn't, that didn't work out, unfortunately. You know, no, no sort of surprise like under your seat or anything like that. I was hoping for that. You know, like oh, everyone, just check under your seat. You've got like a, a an RTX twenty eighty Ti. But unfortunately, that never happened. No one got a free graphics card. But um, the keynote itself <laughs> was kind of interesting. You're an Nvidia GeForce developer. Then you got a, a free graphics card, right? Yeah, you oh, did. That's true. Yeah, she she doesn't uh, she doesn't work directly for Nvidia. She was flown uh, in talent. Yeah. Ah, so uh, okay. So just like uh, just like one of us, Mike. I mean, she's kind of flowing in talent, but she's she's one big enough following us. on one of, uh, us. Exactly. <laughs> one, of, one of us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is she got? Is she got like a Twitch channel or is she? Yeah, I'll, of... I'll link you up later. I'll link oh, you up cool, later. cool, cool, cool. I look forward to seeing that then. But uh, it was um, nice to see the string because it was like Mike there right out the front, and then following that was like three or four or five names of of you know big Twitch streamers who yeah. I know, who you guys yeah. might not know. Uh, there was Frisk there from the tournament that we did in Brass Tactics. Uh, there was the world's most renowned DayZ player, Sacriel, and his girlfriend who got really uh, big and, and popular when she first interviewed Dean Hall back in the DayZ days. And that's Shannon Zedkiller. She's like, she was really big within the Twitch staff side of things, not just the broadcasting side. So awesome. uh, your face went first. So good yeah, job. Wow. Yeah. No, I was, wow. I was very fortunate, very fortunate, lucky, good timing and in the right place. You know, it could have been any rando really. Um, but yeah, the, the, um, the, the, the keynote was kind of interesting, but it did feel like a, a two hour long science lesson because, you know, I, I didn't really pay that much attention in school. So for me, it was just like being in school again in a science lesson where I didn't understand what the hell he was talking about. Uh, but to sort of sum it up into layman's terms, if you're sort of a bit like me and you don't really sort of understand the full details of ray tracing, essentially what it means is like it's just advanced light rendering technology that basically allows uh, rendering of shadows and lighting in real time. So it's kind of a very exciting technology for developers because a lot of the times in games they have to fake 
reflections, lighting, and, and shadows. Whereas what this technology does is if you just put the assets in a world, then the shadows and the lighting will be rendered in real time. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Saves them time and also looks awesome as well and more realistic. So. It's not just time. Like the, the key thing about this card and the evolution that they've talked about, which is very exciting. I, I was going to go take the dog for a walk, ended up watching three-hour freaking broadcast, um, was just the word efficiency. So it's mm. efficient. And that's what allows them to take the power step up and actually take the chip and divide it in half and say, you know what, forget it. This other half of the chip isn't even going to be related to the stuff that we have been doing up to this point. It's even more powerful. But this other side brings in all the magic. And I don't know if you're touching on some of that stuff, but I mm. found the adoption of, of AI in that core really interesting. You know, the fact mm -hmm. that they're actually using neural net technology. And I, I love the presentation, to be honest. I thought they did the right balance of kind of geek and layman to yeah. balance it without losing you. Unlike some people we know, <coughs> cough, cough, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, anyway. Because yeah. it, it works, right? It just, mm. it just works. Like, that's what that's what they kept on saying it just works it just works. They said that like a billion times with yeah. every every scene like wow it just works yeah yeah and, oh, there's and, some people saying in the chat as well because we've got some developers here as well we got brian Frost saying uh, i as a dev i can confirm so i guess it is to use him i am very excited for real-time ray tracing no more faking lighting and shadows and i i guess yeah. that is true you know it's no it's much more efficient yeah. if you have something that just works instead of mm -hmm. uh like having to fake everything to make it look good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, the, the one thing I was a bit disappointed on was that, you know, obviously that was there as a virtual reality channel. And I was really hoping because, you know, we all kind of ha heard the rumors prior leading up to the event that it was going to feature this new virtual link connector on the card. And, uh, you know, it did. You know, they said that, you know, the, the, the 20 series will feature this virtual link connector, which is a USB-C cable, which can yep. carry uh, video, data and power down a single cable. So, you know, it will make it easier. You don't have to have this cumbersome, like, three four cables running back to your pc um but they, they didn't mention it really they touched on it very very briefly announced that, right they, they announced no. that before already yeah i was I'm, I'm with mike on this one i i'm surprised they didn't say more about mm. it but i think also seeing that their lineup of you know vr titles i saw in death in one corner yeah. which is which is a cool game i'm glad they're bringing the shadowy tricks in there and then i saw a set of competizione on the other side yeah was there anything else VR wise and that it was very light very light actually yeah and i think that's maybe why they didn't talk about it was because right now there isn't a headset that supports it so they may be like why would we talk about a feature that maybe we don't have any support for right now but i think it would have been exciting because especially for me because they would have said you know like this is going to support the next generation of headsets and even that alone would have got me excited so well, it's a shame they didn't mention that during the show but maybe we should play a little bit of like the devil's advocate maybe there's also a reason why they didn't show it Maybe mm -hmm. it has not that much of a positive influence on virtual reality. Uh, who knows? I think I think it is exciting. We haven't seen any benchmarks yet. So did did no, anyone already order the card? No. So I haven't pre-ordered. No. No. You know my secret here, Rowdy, which is which yeah, is no when we fly out to the states. Ah, yeah, 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 there. That's right. We're gonna there. Off. Cheaper. Thank you, Brexit. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is the thing, and like you know, I I was watching a uh, Jay's Two Cents video earlier. You know, I really like that guy. He's he's really interesting when he talks about PC, and he's he's like taught me everything I know about water cooling. So I trust that guy. Oh. Um, but he he was just like you know, don't don't pre-order the card. You know, um, you know, wait till the it comes out. Wait till the sort of specs come out. Wait till the benchmarks come out. You just don't know yet. But also, what he was saying was that um, 
you know, because a lot of people were complaining about the pricing structure, you know, like the RTX 2080 Ti is actually like a 1,099 British pounds, uh, 1,199 US dollars. And what he was saying was that that card is actually the, the GTX Titan X, but rebranded as the, the 2080 Ti and that everything else has kind of stayed in its kind of pigeonhole. Like, you know, the, the 2080 is still the 1080, the, the, the 2070 is still the, the 1070 sort of price range. Yeah. But the the, the, 1080, the the 2080 Ti is kind of like taking over the place of what the Titan X would have been in that place at that sort of price point. Yeah. Um, so it was very interesting what he had to say on that. If you're interested, I, I'd recommend you go and check it out. But he was saying, yeah, you know, hold fire. Don't, don't pre-order just yet. Wait till the specs comes out. Uh, because the Founders Editions cards are actually much more expensive than they, they said in the stream. They said in the stream that the, the, the mm-hmm. 2080 Ti was actually going to be 999 bucks, but you know the the actual Founders Edition is actually 200 bucks more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I know we've got a lot of like um, you know uh, partner cards from Asus, EVGA, all the others. They're coming out as well, but they're all very expensive. So it's probably worth waiting, especially if we don't have a headset right now that supports it in terms of VR. And, uh, you know, as far as uh, games that support ray tracing, you like to say in depth. And there is another one, actually, that they weren't mentioned on the keynote, but it is actually supposed to be support ray tracing. We'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Um, it depends, so really, I guess, on like, you know, if you really want like the future proof card, then, you know, you're mm. going to have to get this one. Because, I mean, probably the 1080 Ti can still run everything that is going to come out in, a, in you know, the coming yeah. year or two years, probably. But then yeah. after that, you know, you, you want to future-proof your, your, your PC a bit. And I'm definitely going to upgrade to a yeah. 2080 Ti probably because Same. I'm still running a 980 Ti. I haven't bought the 1080 Ti uh, when it came yeah. out. So I'm actually already two generations behind. So for me, it makes sense to go and upgrade to uh, the 2080 Ti. But I am still going to wait for the, for the benchmarks. I'm still going to wait. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and like you said, uh, Zim, you know, we're all going to America at yeah. end of September anyway. Going to so, America! So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to be cheaper for us to buy one over there and just bring it back. Um, yeah. But they reckon they're going to be in retail stores from the 20th of September. Uh, but for me, like for a PC that's water-cooled as well, like I need to make sure that I can get hold of a water block at the same time. Otherwise, the cards go like, like useless to me. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to wait for them to be made as well. Like, I'm just going to roll a tear down my cheek. First of all, problems, right? Like, but it, 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 like, it's... like the cards are, are really pretty. Like I, I And yeah. there's a whole bunch of different ones out. Lots of them have the usual fans set on top. But there's this, as a guy who appreciates hardware, there's the, the, the vacuum cooler that they've built specifically for it to help noise dampen and perform on thermal conduction better. I want that model, if possible, of the 2080. Like, I'm probably not going to go for the TI. I tend to go for things that are kind of midpoint, but I've been running the 1080 for for a long time. And the 1080 was just, it kind of takes anything you throw at it, which is like such a lovely thing. But uh, the the thing that I'm most excited about for this is that that processing engine that can kind of guess what the next frame is going to be, can guess what an upscaler you know needs to do. Like the amount of guesswork that this card can do is very interesting to me in terms of what it's going to impact because it's it's such an important stepstone for us VR wise to be able to on the fly dynamically determine for you know foveated rendering and that dynamic kind of where is he looking and you know what what is the the cone of vision that we need to render for that does, that's not built into the hardware today and so yeah. this this change is should make a very big difference from what I'm reading into it to VR. And that that actually propels us into whatever headset that HTC or Oculus want to run next. 
brilliant. That's where we're going, you know. Yeah. It doesn't help Sony at all, but, you know, there you go. No. But you're right. They did actually touch on uh, foveated rendering during the keynote, and they, yeah. they discussed how this technology would help that. So, yeah, you're right. It, it is going to help us in the future for sure. Uh, I'd love to know in the chat if you've pre-ordered one, like, uh, and, and which one you pre-ordered, which one you went for, if you went for a partner card or you went for like the Founders Edition from NVIDIA. Because uh, you can only get the Founders Edition through NVIDIA's official website. You know, the, the third-party resellers aren't actually selling the Founders Editions, which is kind of interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Most um, people have actually been saying that they haven't uh, pre-ordered. I haven't seen a single comment yet that said, uh, yeah, I've pre-ordered one. Most people said it's too expensive. It's even more expensive. Uh, Chris Cox says uh, that he hopes that his 1080 will last for another two years. Uh, and yeah, but I think a lot of people also trade up. So I mean, this is a great when when the new card drops. One of the things to watch out for is the secondary card market. Is what a lot of people will do. If you're just like, say, you're 19 and you 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 know work throughout the summer and you bought yourself a 1080, and then this card drops, and you're like, ah, oh, you'll probably flip that card and try to upgrade. That's like. Some of the mentality that a lot of people have, especially in gaming. I, I know that I said that I that Nathy does that indeed. That Nathy like uh, buys like the previous generation, uh, buys like the next generation, and sells like the previous generation. Then yeah. every time. Yeah. Plus, plus, what he does is he signs them and sells them to fans for like double the price. So he actually he actually makes he actually makes money in upgrading. Actually, the um, truth. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he's not here to defend himself, we can say whatever we like. <laughs> Uh, so there you have it. So yeah, that is the uh, new NVIDIA cards. So let's move on to our next part of the show, which is games that are releasing next week. And we've got some really cool titles releasing uh, next week in VR. Definitely ones you should keep an eye on. Uh, PSVR owners are going to be super happy because Firewall Zero Hour mm. is finally dropping on Tuesday, the 28th of August. Uh, if you're not familiar with this game, it's a military squad-based shooter from First Contact Entertainment. Now the game is like an eight-player, 4v4 multiplayer game takes place in sort of exotic and dangerous locations across the globe and it's kind of like rainbow six siege in vr essentially um the game modes uh, will be objective based and the key to success in any of these game modes is to work together as a team communicate effectively and uh, and work together to sort of complete your objective now the objectives uh, as attackers your job is to bypass the firewall access points locate a laptop and initiate a hack to obtain the data contained on the laptop uh, you have to sort of plan your approach and bypass and eliminate any hostiles that stand in your way. And as defenders, your role is to protect the laptop at all costs, fortify your location and secure the firewall access points and force your enemy into choke points that will prevent the hack and protect the data. So that's kind of cool. Uh, the game features 12 different mercenaries that you can choose from, each of which have like a kind of unique special ability so whether that's like a reloading faster or you know they can see enemy traps uh, from a greater distance uh that kind of thing uh and also you have upgradable weapons and uh nine nine different maps to play on um like i say it's going to be releasing on tuesday the 28th exclusively for psvr which is a shame because this kind of looks like a cool military shooter it would have done well probably on on rift and vive as well but you know it's one of these playstation exclusive games uh it uses the aim controller or the gamepad it doesn't use the move controllers so you have to choose one or the other uh, mike <clears throat> did you remember to bring the usb key we got the data ready for extraction <laughs> mike, did you, you didn't forget the data key again did you uh, sorry I, I left it in my other military underwear pants <laughs> yeah rowdy could we please uh like you know just <laughs> um so you guys have you guys both got the aim controller oh, yeah 
Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. And I think I'm pretty yeah. sure Nate has one as well. So uh, yeah, you know, this is kind of one of those games that uh, it's been a while since I've been really excited about like a, a PlayStation game coming out. I know they've got some cool games lined up, but this one really sort of piqued my interest. Uh, so I'm I'm quite excited about playing this, especially with you guys, because uh, you know, as it's four v four, we can team up as four players go against uh you know some maybe another podcast or something like that that would be really fun like we've mentioned before so you know maybe put it out there to like the vr roundtable guys and the vr spies guys you know if you're interested in going like toe-to-toe in a psvr game then let's uh let's do it you know, let's make this happen so lose against the spies i'm just saying that caleb that's Caleb. all they do is FPS games. Like they would fucking nuke us. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know true. what we do? You know, I I got a brilliant idea. You know, I I'll just fly uh to to Lonely Viper. I'll let him play, and I'll just use my voice, and I'll let him like like shoot everyone. Like you know, genius. Oh, genius. Did I say that on stream now. Genius. <laughs> but I uh, I think the number one. I'm I'm gonna make a prediction here, Mike. That's why I was kind of squeezing my head in a funny way. Um, the prediction here is the number one gripe that I think all of us are gonna have is the limited view and not ability to 360 with the gun. Yeah. Because Farpoint and other aim titles, that has been my number one gripe. If the biggest tip I can give, because Mike, you're not as veteran as maybe Rowdy and I on PSVR, get that camera as far away as you can. That's That's the trick. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you said, it's probably going to be snap rotation on the thumbstick, right? To handle that kind of issue of not being able to turn around 360. Yeah. But there's still... The inherent like want your body will like yeah. want to turn around when yeah. and then and then you get the uh, it'll be interesting how they because obviously in the screens that they're showing they're not showing you whatever gooey or pop-up shows you oh you're out of bounds because farpoint was quite invasive at the start before they patched it um right and it was quite annoying every time you're like oh god now i'm out of the camera again or you know again even even the kind of up and down uh, movement. So if you're ducking or or you're back up, you might come out of the zone and then you get a mm. warning pop up. It can be very immersion breaking. So if you're set up, I would just say spend quality time setting yourself up. If you're hyped up for this game, you're planning to play it on drop day. Like, And if you are having problems, think about your configuration. If you can somehow generate even an additional couple of feet, it may really help you and, and make the experience a lot better. From what I heard, they will actually have a button that you can duck. Because I was thinking about this, because I, I it's, huh. my PlayStation is actually in my bed. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, so I just go prone <laughs> the whole time. Um, so it's gonna be weird for me to play, but I think they've got a duck button. So I, I am looking forward to this one. Uh, but just just one point to be aware of if you are a PSVR owner is that yeah. you do need a PS Plus membership, um, which for not everyone has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not something that I really consider because I'm not a PS Plus member. But, uh, you know, it's six ninety nine a month, I think, in British pounds. So if uh, I want to play it, I need to sort of uh, throw that down. But, you know, I think it's going to be worth it for this one. Watch out for, you can watch out for sales. A lot of times here in the UK, there will be like sales on Amazon and places like that where you can get a year mm-hmm. subscription for 30 quid. So okay. think about it because, mm-hmm. you know, there will be other titles and, you know, it depends on how deep you're planning to go into the PlayStation yeah. pit. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's that's I'm, one I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. I'd love to know I'm in the chat so as well if, yeah, uh, but, if, if others are looking forward to it. I said it I said it with a lovely, wonderful typo on, on, on Twitter, but um, Rainbow Six was a huge game for me. Like, I loved that. Even mm. though the guys looked like big, fat, inflated ducks and you were like, you know... Six go, seven go, and you're like break through the door or whatever. Um, <laughs> the land play with that was like was like really good. So I'm super looking forward to something like this. Some people have, uh, I think IGN commented that it was a bit like a mix of Rainbow Six and Goldeneye, which sounds like a awesome. pretty good blend. Um, yeah. and I'm hoping it's leaning more towards the Rainbow Six than the Goldeneye because I think 
I'm not convinced that Goldeneye hasn't already been done through things like Pavlov and, you know. Mm. And, and the devs Probably. have said that, you know, that, that although there's only like really two sort of game modes right now, attackers or defenders, that they're, they're definitely going to be supporting this post-launch with more updates, more more sort of stuff that you can play around with, more game modes, more characters and all that kind of business. So it's going to be an interesting one. It's $34.99 in British pounds, $39.99 in US dollars. And then they do uh, an AIM controller bundle as well, which is a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, <laughs> Firewall Zero Hour. So if you're not really into sort of military shooters and you're into puzzle games, <laughs> you are on the, the the correct podcast, the puzzle podcast in VR. Um, you're going to be interested in Torn because that is going to be coming out on the same day, Tuesday, the 28th of August. And it's going to be available for Oculus Rift, HTC Vive and PSVR. Now, Torn is a sort of dark science fiction mystery puzzle game. Uh, you take the role of a video blogger, uh, Catherine Patterson who discovers an abandoned mansion of a Dr. Lawrence Talbot, who's an eccentric uh, scientist who's been missing for the past 64 years. And this kind of mansion has been left dormant and uh, no one's really sort of been there or knows what happened to him. But you are investigating it. You sort of find out this kind of weird sequence of events that happened to lead up to his disappearance. And you can use some of his tools that he's left around, sort of like a gravity tool, to activate his machines and then transport to a a strange dimension known as the parallel to uncover the mystery of why he disappeared and what kind of happened. Uh, So that kind of looks kind of interesting. Loads of puzzles. um, And uh, they kind of describe it as a sandbox VR tourist destination built for fans of science classic science fiction like the twilight zone and black mirror so mm-hmm. if you like those kind of tv shows you're going to probably dig this one and like i say it's going to be on rift vive and psvr but no pricing just yet mm. um so another one uh, if you're interested in puzzle games to keep an eye on it's weird i don't know i get this feeling like i've i've either watched this several times over or i've played this <laughs> so, <laughs> i think we covered it about three four months ago we did I, when it was just announced we, yeah. we covered it on the show and we talked about it yeah no, but it again it, it looks it looks interesting and uh you know like we said before beautiful. if you yeah it does like graphically it looks great um so you know it, it's got all those kind of shadows and reflections on kind of some of the items that they're picking up so it looks really ray detailed tracing. i was gonna say rtx no, on no no ray tracing <laughs> no ray tracing Although, like, some of those RTX on memes have just been freaking hilarious. The Lara Croft one is just so funny. Like, if you haven't seen that meme... I even made one on myself. (laughs) You did? Yeah. Like, all, like, like rainbows and stuff behind me and, like, you know, kisses on my face. Like, I I get everything then. (laughs) Cool. There you go. You should go and check that out. Uh, I loved it when people made memes of uh, you crashing through the uh, the door using this sort of the shining. (laughs) Like like we were discussing last week, someone actually made it. Yeah, it was so good. There was like a Vive controller through a door and Rowdy going, put his uh, face I'll through I'll look there. it up. I'll look it up. Here's, here's we can Rowdy. show it at the end of the podcast. Let's do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, they're, they're the games coming out this week. So we've got some interesting games coming this week, uh, which is a, a nice change. Previously, it's kind of been a bit of a barren desert of, of good looking games, but we've got a couple of cool ones coming soon. So that's interesting. It's not that bad, Mike. There's plenty of uh, quality titles like Skyrim to go back to. Skyrim, Skyrim, Skyrim. And Subnautica, Subnautica, Subnautica. Oh, and Resident Evil oh god every show until i get that game you're going to mention it every single show um <laughs> so let's talk let's talk about our, one of our main uh, topics this week and that is uh, population one so as we know the battle royale genre is like freaking huge it's unparalleled really right now 
games like PUBG and Fortnite led the explosion of the genre and it's just got no signs of slowing down right now. You know, even Call of Duty are trying to sort of hop in on the on the genre with their new game Black Ops 4. It's going to have a, a battle royale mode and they're ditching single player completely to sort of mm. go along this like new line. Um We've got some cool Battle Royale games in VR as well. Like we've got Standout, we've got BAM, and then my personal favorite, uh, Rec Room Royale. Uh, you know, they're, they're really sort of fun Battle Royale yeah. games. Uh, but this new one is really sort of aiming to up the ante and sort of add that level of polish and realism to their game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks kind of interesting. It's actually made by the devs uh, called Big Box VR. They're the same devs that made uh, Smashbox Arena. So they're no strangers to sort of VR multiplayer games. I don't know if either of you guys have played Smash, Smashbox Arena. Yeah, I did. No? I liked it quite a bit. I liked it quite yeah. a bit. It was a, it was a fun game. I think it, it generated too little noise, unfortunately, for, for mm. obviously the, the polish that went into it. It was very fun. Modes of mm. uh, basically uh, not, not the same kind of... It was quite a kiddish looking game yeah it was you know? and with yeah. these kind of balls or paintball and you can get a shield you can pick up get a different power-ups but it was really um well thought out i thought so actually that that makes me feel a lot better than let's say the trailer did for this one yeah you know it, it shows that they've got some sort of pedigree in that space which yeah. is kind of cool because yeah like a uh, smashbox arena was on psvr and pcvr headsets as well um but this game, they're saying that they've got a, a locomotion system called Free Locomotion that gives players the freedom to climb anything. Um, so you can just like literally go up to a building and just start grabbing it with your hands and actually climb up it with your hands, which is kind of interesting. A bit like uh, what Planet of the Apes did with their sort of like locomotion system, which I thought was actually really smart and well implemented. You know, you could just walk up to a, a pole or something like that and just start scaling it. Um, and then when you're on top of these buildings, you can just leap off them and actually use a jetpack to kind of glide down to into the battlefield or, or to other areas. Yeah. Um, so that seems like a kind of a fun mechanic. Um, they're saying as well that through extensive playtests that they've developed technologies which allow players to move freely in virtual reality without limits or discomfort. So uh, I don't know if that's necessarily new technology because so many people have already done that kind of thing, you know, with vignetting and sort of uh, free locomotion methods yeah. that don't make people throw up all over the place. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they have brought anything new to the table. Uh, but the game also features a expansive one square kilometer of world uh, that they're showing off. And like you probably can see in the trailer, it's quite vibrant, you know, lots of sort of jungle areas, wooded areas, sort of uh, buildings. Um, but the interesting thing is that they've actually implemented building uh, yourself in this game. So just like Fortnite, you know, if you watch pro Fortnite players, you will see that building is such an important mechanic of, of being successful at Fortnite, and they've actually implemented this in the VR game, uh, which they haven't done in previous kind of uh, battle royale games that we've seen in VR. So, you know, you can actually build platforms as you're running ahead of you and sort of start ramping up and scaling. So you've got this kind of verticality in the game that's going to be very interesting. Um, you can play... be a little ageist for a second here, Mike, because yeah. I have to say, having dipped into and played Fortnite a couple of times, yeah. that mechanic has to be the thing that is tuned to like teenagers and their ability to kind of like just do like 60 things in a second because my god the the older i get the less yeah. my ability to play in <laughs> way, the way people do like that is a skill fair enough it's a skill but it's a skill for young people i'm gonna get my game now all right yeah you should. and These to do that kids. as well oh my god yeah. it sounds like totally overwhelming to be honest yeah, but it'll be very interesting, you know, like, and I think games like that, especially Fortnite, it really takes 
practice you know you really have to sink hours into a game like that to really be any good at it and i wonder if this is going to be the same with this game as well like you really have to invest time into learning those building mechanics you know how to sort of make a a fort really quickly to sort of defend yourself and then you know jump from above and do that what is it the shotgun from above trick that they do in Fortnite and just murder everyone every time including me um but this game, you can actually play online, solo, or in squads, but it's also going to feature some single-player missions as well, so that's kind of interesting. Oh. Uh, I guess, you know, if you really suck like me, then <laughs> you can take some solace in that you can maybe play some single-player and feel like you're doing well when in real life... So they put really in a rowdy suck. mode, then. That's good. Rowdy yeah. mode, yeah. Exactly. Rowdy uh, noob mode. I played Fortnite one time after I installed it on, on Switch because it was free on there as well, so I installed it. I booted it up, I started it, couldn't figure out how it worked, and I stopped playing it. <laughs> Yeah, good on you. That, that's, that's pretty much how my my sort of uh, games go. I sort of fly down to the surface and then get murdered within like two minutes, and then I'm like, ah, oh, that was fun. <laughs> Let's try again. And then it just happens again. I'm like, yeah, screw this game. <laughs> it's, it's funny as about I've been playing battle royale mods since uh, early early days, and I watched like Daisy Survivor games and that before this whole kind of explosion of battle royale. So I've I've loved this, and it's a competitive esport. It is the number one thing I would want to watch. I'd love to see uh, Daisy Survivor Games kick off again, which was kind mm. of like this, where they took, you know, I, th- I think it was like 32 different teams of pairs of two, and you'd work together, and then, you know, last standing team of two uh, takes the takes the, the win. But the, this kind of genre, obviously lots of people are milking money off of it, but it seems to be, oddly, a kind of safe bet for companies. So the entrepreneur in me says, this company's, not, you know, having done Smashbox Arena which was kind of cutesy, mm. then turn around and with their investors or whatever, say, you know what, we're going to make a more serious thing. Let's go mm. for maybe a little bit more surefire bet with a kind of a snazzy name. Population one certainly takes my boxes. You know, I hope it, it actually plays off. As I said, I wasn't too convinced by the trailer. They, they kind of allowed some of the rough animations to kind of sneak in, um, which I hope won't douse anyone else's kind of anticipation for the game. But as again, mm. I, I like PUBG quite a bit. I don't play it that much anymore. But the, the genre has a lot still, it still has legs. So mm. they could do very well if they and plus, successful it, It's still really early because they're not actually launching the game till early 2019. Okay. Um, okay. But you can sign up now for the private beta. Uh, you could be part of a private beta sort of alpha group. Um, if you've got uh, Oculus Rift, HTC Vive and Windows MR headsets. Um, but interestingly, this is the one other game that I was talking about that actually features ray tracing. Uh, so in death is one of them and uh, population one is the second oh. one that we know of that features ray tracing that is so smart. you know that is if such you... a smart game because when you splash feck tons of cash on a piece of hardware what's the first thing you do you go to the list of compatible games and you go which ones am i interested in yep yep and and funnily enough they were actually showing this game off during gamescom but I was completely unaware of it. I didn't see it anywhere, and I did go everywhere pretty much around Gamescom, so I was surprised to hear that they actually, uh, NVIDIA, were working in partnership with them to kind of uh, announce the game, uh, but I, I literally didn't hear anything about it until I came back home um, and was researching it this morning, so it's a bit of a shame I missed out to sort of go and meet the guys and talk about more about the game itself, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, but I've signed up for the uh, the alpha, so uh, although they, they it's like kind of shrouded by NDAs, you can't really talk about it once you're sort of in the game, um, but it'll be interesting to check it out and see how it progresses Just over the next practice. few months. Yeah, Just practice. Get us practicing. So I'm not a noob when the game comes out, although I still will be a noob. It's like my it's like my dad at Christmas time. He was like, you know, he'd buy me like a Game Boy or whatever, and he'd be like, yeah, I I, I stayed up all night and put the high score on, and then I just like first game just blitzes high score. <laughs> yeah, nice try, Dad. 
Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that is uh, Population 1 coming next year. If you're into Battle Royale games, you'll be interested in that one. Uh, but let's talk about other VL stuff that I did actually get to check out at Gamescom. Um, I think, you know, our predictions last week were pretty much spot on in that there wasn't any surprise announcements. No Half-Life 3 confirmed, I'm afraid. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, there were some new games, though, like Fisherman's Tale, Transference. Uh, and I also got to try out uh, Arizona Sunshine, the location-based experience, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. Uh, but but despite that, there wasn't really any anything else in terms of games. But they did have a lot of VR hardware, and I thought that was kind of interesting because uh, they had uh, haptic suits, flying machines, treadmills, all different types of ways to do locomotion as well. Uh, so I'll talk about the ones that I, tr- I got to sort of get hands-on with. And um, first up were Hypersuit and and Icarus, uh, both of them were flying machines. So the Hypersuit was like a um, one with like a lot of motors in, and it was a very substantial piece of kit. Uh, and you sort of straddle it like a motorbike and then lay down and sort of rest your chest on the top of it. So you're sort of laying down horizontally. And in that game, with that, I tried uh, V Racer Hoverbike, which is a, a VR game that's been on Steam for a while. It's oh. kind of like a wipeout clone with uh, hoverbikes. Uh, you can sort of go over boost pads and pick up weapons and, and fight your other, your sort of enemies, your opponents, uh, to get number one. Uh, and that was really cool because like, you felt like you were really sort of almost touching your nose on the on the on the tarmac. So the sense of speed was incredible, and you sort of kind of had to lean and move your hands like this, that sort of make that motion to sort of turn the corners. Um, so that was a really so cool experience. Non, non-standard control scheme, right? You were actually on a kind of pseudo motorbike then? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. no controls, no, no ones or anything like that. They just had the Vive headset on and a, a fan simulating some sort of wind sort of speed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really great experience. The other one called Icarus, which is a similar sort of design in that you sort of straddle it, you lay down, you're lying horizontally. It had no motors, so it was purely based on your balance um so i kind of felt like on that one you really needed like really great core strength and if you used it over a period of time you'd like have abs of steel you'd have like an eight pack or eight pack or something ridiculous but what, what they had in that demo was their own uh proprietary game that they had sort of developed to show off the hardware and it was kind of like a pilot wings style sort of game where you had to fly through rings and then the smaller the ring the more points you got and they were running a competition who could get the highest score Um, nostalgic now mike i loved pilot wings that was a great yeah it was it was a great game i miss those days um (laughs) but you you had uh you had uh three different models from icarus you had like a uh, a bike uh which i didn't try you had a home version which was kind of um lighter and sort of a bit stripped down and then you had the arcade version and they they were really sort of trying to aim for the arcade sort of market uh with this uh but they didn't really have any sort of games to 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 sort of that were compatible with it other than this one that they'd made themselves to sort of show off to investors uh but both you know were were kind of fun i I didn't get to try the, the flappy bird one i was really looking forward to trying that one uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah which i've seen at other shows i remember seeing uh, kent buy on it and uh, it looked hilarious um so it's a shame i didn't they didn't show that off or they didn't have that at the show uh but those were were cool anyway you know kind of interesting but very uh, sort of intense especially for newcomers i saw a lot of people queuing up and i was asking them you know you ever tried vr before and they were like no and i was like oh this is going to be their first vr experience <laughs> that's never uh, going to be good yeah, and, and it was very intense. But for me, you know, it was great. I was having a great time. But for them, some people quitting out a little bit early, you know, saying this oh. is, I've had, I've had enough, you know, I, I can't stomach this. 
So it's a bit of a shame, but Mike, we, we've got an opportunity here, right? I just, I figured out, you know, brand wise, super, we should just steal Wipeout's idea. They once had a series of, uh, of sickness bags, uh, with the different ver versions of, of Wipeout on it. Yeah. We could just go to these shows, just find anyone who hasn't and just hand them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. not a real recommendation by the way. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So they were the kind of um, the flying machines that I tried, and they were the only ones at the show. Um, they did have a couple of omnidirectional treadmills. They had the Omni itself, and then they had a custom-built one by a, a French company called Event VR. They were actually showing off like a, um, uh, a training simulator for military and police where they were replicating a terrorist attack at an airport, which is kind of like intense, kind of scary, really. But, um, you know, they were using a, a custom made treadmill for that one. But I didn't get to try it, unfortunately. But I did get to try the Omni, um, which was interesting because you have these like slip on covers that you put over your shoes, which have like an Omni uh, tracking device on them. And then they oh, had a custom covers now. They're not a shoe because they used to make like those shoes specifically, shoe. like like a specific shoe for it. So now you can. It's a cover that you pull over your shoe. Yeah, like a stretchy fabric cover that you stretch over your shoe, uh, and then you just fasten it with a clip, and it was on there. Um, and then you put this kind of like collar around your waist, which sits on top mm -hmm. of the Omni uh, sort of uh, the top of it, uh, and then you can just sort of like run uh, in any direction. Um, it was the first time I've ever tried. Felt like a hamster. Yeah, yeah, totally felt like a hamster. Um, the cool thing with the demo was that they gave you like a gun, which you actually carried. So a bit like the demos, you're like kind of like running like this. Um, but they they showed off a game which was custom for the Omni, which was kind of like a, a stealth kind of game. Uh, you went in and infiltrated a base and then things got a bit sort of like supernatural and uh, your, your colleague dies and then you have to sort of fight a load of uh, enemies. Um, but the problem with the Omni was, although I thought it was kind of a cool experience, I really did feel like I was having to lean on the edge of the frame to get the purchase to really give that momentum in my legs. So it was almost like I was at an angle, you know, I wasn't upright running. I was at an angle, really sort of pushing my body weight on the frame and then just moving my legs. Um, so it was a bit strange. Was it, uh, was it like tight in certain areas? Like... No, it was comfortable. <laughs> It, it, it was comfortable enough because um, the, the collar goes around your waist, not around your crotch. So you oh, don't it used to be the other way around. I remember, yeah. I think it was Ben from Road to VR who had that picture, yeah. like where he's like completely like strapped in. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you man, got, you that, got, that did not look up comfortable at all. No, you get a real case of camel tail there. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to try it, but I didn't think it was a great experience. Um, but there was an alternative at the show, which is uh, Cyber Shoes. Now, full disclosure, um, Cyber Shoes actually invited me to Gamescom and they actually paid for my trip, just so everyone's aware of that. I, I feel like it's important that I disclose that. Um, and I did say to them before the event, like when they did invite me to go, that if their product was bad, that I would say it was bad. And, you know, I always give honest feedback on their on products that I'm sort of asked to review in, in those kind of circumstances. But the, the difference with Cyber Shoes is that um, you don't need all this expensive equipment. And they bas basically managed to capture that what's cool about having a treadmill and make it really affordable and available to the masses. Mm. So what they've done is they've got these plastic soles which go under your shoes. Uh, so, and you strap them on with, uh, like, um, almost like snowboarding clips, you know, like are they, are they different sizes or like a fixed size? It's a fixed size. Um, I didn't, 
I wasn't aware if they're going to do different sizes, but it was kind of like your, it was kind of like a fairly big size, like almost like a size 10. And then it had a backstop where you put the back of your uh, shoe and then it fixes it in place with a strap. So it doesn't really necessarily matter, but maybe they will offer different sizes. I'm not quite sure, but this is still like in prototype uh, staging, you know, they're in the final stages of prototypes. Um, But once you're strapped in, you've got these rollers underneath and you sit on a bar stool, essentially, which is like 360, you can rotate. And then you just like roll your feet along the floor. And it was actually way more comfortable than the Omni. And it actually felt better in terms of its, um, the way it kind of made you feel and the the representation in VR as well. Because Mm -hmm. like I said, on the Omni, you felt like you were kind of leaning. But the the cyber shoes was very comfortable because you're seated and you're just kind of using that 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 sort of motion with your feet. Um, uh, the the shoes actually transmit wirelessly to like a dongle that's connected to your PC and then that kind of is represented in game. And the one that I tried was really great was Doom VFR using that. It felt really nice to kind of just spin round, run forwards, or kind of like retreat backwards that way. Um, so I'd say that was a, a really cool experience and they're going to be launching a Kickstarter campaign later on in the year. They're sort of aiming for the 200 euro mark. So when you sort of stack it up to the Omni, which is going to be like thousands of euros, and then you've got this kind of experience, just 200 but, euros. But again, the, the Omni is more like directed at like arcades still, I think, than anyone like putting it, that. I know in the beginning they were saying like it was like for commercial purposes and just, you know, retail, uh, just uh, for everyone at home. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon, unless they can make oh. it really compact so you can like slide it under the bed or something. Maybe yeah. Down. But, and that, yeah. That, that was the thing that surprised me the most was that, you know, this 200 euro product was going toe-to-toe with this other product that was worth thousands and in my opinion was actually a better experience but you know it, that was kind of interesting to to, to check out at the show i'm going to be covering first interaction with um with these frictionless surfaces mike yes yes yeah. and what, uh, what was your general opinion of that like is it a technology that you're bought into not bought into do you see a future for it or not I think it's very interesting. Um, certainly for games like Doom VFR, I would enjoy using that experience to enhance the experience because I think for that game, it did enhance the experience. Uh, the speed in which you move in the game and you're moving your legs kind of worked very well. However, when I tried uh, Skyrim, it felt like I was walking too slow. So it would just take far too long to traverse the world. So I think it, it has its place. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting for people that that also are health conscious, maybe want to sort of maybe burn a few calories while playing their games. You know, like people that have been playing like Beat Saber, for example, and losing weight, you know, Mm -hmm. you would definitely lose weight by using a product like this or a treadmill because you're going to be burning calories. So it really kind of depends if that interests you and you're interested in some of the games that are supported because obviously it's not going to support every game that's out there. So Now, I know that you're like a little bit more prone to motion sickness than maybe others that are here, but... Mm. When you tried those uh, frictionless surfaces, did you also go uphill or downhill, or was it all flat surface? Um, so in Doom VFR, you go upstairs, um, and I find that was fine. Yeah? Um, yeah, that was fine. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't have any issues with that. Um, yeah, so that was my experience with that. Um, the other cool thing that I got to try out were haptic vests. So this is something that I've been really interested in My for a while. Territory. Well, we, so, we got a question though about the shoes. Sure. Still, uh, we got yeah, sure. uh, asking us uh, how were the shoes tracked? How were they doing the tracking of the of the shoes of the movement? I guess. 
So, so basically, it has like a kind of like a, um, uh, a, a like a motor inside that picks up the roller movement, mm -hmm. and then that's transferred wirelessly. I think it's uh, RF that they use to the dongle, and then that's that's correlated in game. But what the devs were saying was that it could basically be replicated with any game that uses thumbstick movement. Um, you know, so free locomotion, uh, or they can they can also uh, track it to the, like the Vive trackpad as well. So you know, if you push forward on the trackpad and you move, or they can basically just uh, implement that within their sort of SDK. So it'll just be supported when the games come out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So they were showing off at the show uh, Doom, uh, Skyrim, and Minecraft. That's what they were the games. Question that, that that shoes thing does that come with the seat? Or is it just the shoes product? That's what I was curious about because it's yeah. kind of like a turnstile bucket seat thing that you yeah. sit on and yeah. Yeah, and they were really cool. They had three different designs of the sh of the sh of the chair, but they actually buy that from another supplier. And they were use also using the IKEA light stand uh, as a cable management system. I don't know if you guys have seen that. There's like an IKEA light that people have been using as a double for a, a cable management system. Uh, which worked really well as well. Um, but what they're going to be doing on the Kickstarter is they're going to be selling the shoes and then they're going to be selling uh, the shoes with the seat, but they just need to finalize the detail because they don't own that product and Kickstarter are a bit funny about you selling products you don't own through the Kickstarter campaign, that they might just have to recommend it as a product that they sort of recommend and you buy it separately or they're going to have a bundle with it together. But Yeah, I pulled, uh, up, I think... the, I pulled up their website so people can see how the seat looks as well. Uh, yeah, the the seats are really cool. The seats are really cool. They've got a few different designs. One looks like a little like racing bucket seat, which I thought was really cool. Um, interesting yeah, it, it point really about cool. that seat, actually. So I've talked about the other tactile unit before, but um, a, a butt kicker gamer two or one of their other products would strap to that pole, no problem. Mm. So you could actually get tactile in there as well as your movement, and that yeah. might be a pretty cool thing. It'd be interesting if that team was able to pick this up. Uh, this feedback point also going to catch this show, but um, if you guys haven't tried with a butt kicker, give it a go. Uh, it, that's not a piston, is it? It's just kind of a swivel point. Just a swivel point, I believe. Yeah. It, it does um, look weird when you're going backwards, though. Well, I mean, you're sort of like backing, bit, uh, backing up. You're like yeah, retreating. Because like, you need to like push off, like to go back, yeah. right? That, that yeah. does look a bit weird. I think Doom, like what Mike said, right, would feel pretty natural. But if I tried to play like um, a Seto in that and like skating around the track yeah, with my car, yeah. you know, there's going to be some really fun applications. So honestly, the second I get my hands on something like that, and I think that's a really smartly designed consumer product. Um, it's one of those things that I definitely want to try because I'll tell you, Mike, I am not convinced at all about the frictionless surfaces thing, generally mm. speaking. Yeah. Like where you're standing and your full body weight is on the frictionless mm. piece because mm. it just feels so bloody abnormal, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, exactly. Sure. I, I, I was I was really surprised about it, actually, of how much I enjoyed it playing Doom. Like I say, the others, not so much, but Doom really stuck in my mind as being a really great experience. Yeah. Um, but in terms of other stuff I got to check out, like uh, Haptic Vests, uh, they, a company called B Haptics, uh, they were there. Like Tesla suit wasn't there, unfortunately, and I think they're the sort of big name in terms of Haptics in VR. But B Haptics are definitely one to keep an eye on because they had a vest. They had these uh, straps that went around your forearms. And then which was really surprising, they had a facial interface that actually attached to the headset itself. So if you can imagine like the VR cover replacement interfaces that you, you just pop in and out on the Rift and cool. the Vive, they actually had the same thing, but with little rumble uh, transducers on your forehead. So the cool thing was that in the demo that they made, 
it was like a, a ripoff of Rec Room Paintball, essentially. Uh, but where if you shot your opponent in the head, they actually felt it in their head <laughs> rather than anywhere else. And whilst you're shooting your guns, you got the, the the tactile feedback on the forearm of like the the recoil. So depending on which gun you used, and then if you got shot in the the, the chest or anywhere like that, you kind of felt the hit and then a small ripple effect. And it was really well done. Like I was very impressed oh, with that. That sounds good. Um, it was very cool, very cool. And I said to the guy afterwards, I was like, can I play something else? Because, like, you know, this is just a demo. Have you implemented it in any other games? And I was like, do you know what game you should implement this in Beat Saber? That would be a really cool game for this. He was like, okay, we, we've actually we've actually implemented it in Beat Saber, but we're not showing anyone else, but we'll show you if you're interested. And I got to play Beat Saber using it, and it was very cool indeed. Um, so that was a very interesting product. Uh, they're, again, they're looking to launch that later on in the year. Are, are, are you convinced by Haptics yet, Mike? Oh, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And I think, you know, we're going to be touching uh, on Arizona Sunshine later on, but I think the haptics with that experience would have made it like even better. And and I'll, I'm really sort of going to sink that. that what was the that price? Sort of experience was there a price already? No price point at the moment because um, they haven't launched it yet officially, I don't think. Um, mm. But yeah, that will be coming soon. The other thing was there was another company uh, there called Thermo Real. And basically, they teamed up oh, with yeah. B Haptics, okay. and what they had done is they had used the haptic feedback that they had already implemented, and then added hot and cold um, uh, experiences within that as well. So they had the same forearm thing and vest and uh, like sort of uh, interface as the B Haptics team, but they'd implemented hot and cold in there as well. And this demo like blew my mind. Like I, I went to their stall. It was a really tiny little stall. They were, and I was like, what is this? And they showed me. And basically, you could put the headset on. Again, it was a Vive. And you could touch a fireball. And literally, you felt it on your arm and in your on your head. And it was just like, blew my mind. Like, I was just like, this oh, is cool. Thermo Real was the company. Uh, but they're team teaming up with B Haptics to probably bring a product together in the future. Um, but the other thing was they had an ice cube. When you touch the ice cube, the the they instantly went hot. Like the response time on these like uh, little uh, pads that were on your head was so quick. But then the best thing that they show me, and this this is incredible, they had like a water shower, and if you stood underneath it, the the cold element was like going off and on really quickly, and then incorporated the haptics at the same time, like a vibration, and it actually felt like water droplets were falling on your head, like. It was so good. It was so convincing. And I was just like, mate, like, God you know. Damn it, mate. We, we, are, we, are, we are here. I, I found online, I put the, the website up. I found a company that's called Techway, though, and they have a, an application that is called Thermoreal. Yes, Techway. Uh, Techway. Yes. Techway, is yes. Ah, okay. Techway was the company. I've got the card right in front of me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're working with B Haptics to bring that sort of technology into like a haptic vest. And they were showing me that they're sort of um, the technology they use, they've made it so that it can be very flexible. So you, they could actually hypothetically make a whole vest full of that technology. So say if you got hit by like a, a fireball, not only would you feel the hit from the fireball, but you would feel the heat of the fireball as well. Amazing, right? You know, this is, this is the so X1 cool. suit from uh, from Ready Player One. We only need it to be like elastic and like, you know, skin yeah. tight. So like a second skin and then, then we're there, you know? But I asked the guy, I asked the guy, I was like, so how hot can this thing go? And he was like, oh yeah, it can go up to like 130 degrees or something. <laughs> crazy. I was like, whoa. 
was like, he was like, obviously, like we limit it, like you know. Yeah, no, no, point. no. Make sure it's not able to go there because if that limiter breaks or something, no, that no, people are gonna hang fine in there. Is that, that's 130 Fahrenheit. Yeah, Fahrenheit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was like, no, I was sorry. Really thinking, like, what the heck, like sorry, guys, sorry, guys. Sorry. Customer service is saying we melted a couple of kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Mike, uh, I was curious. Most people's arms are quite kind of conical shaped. Yeah. Um, did you think that over time that was going to like slip down your arm? No, because it, it it was shaped uh, in a conical shape and then had Velcro to adjust it, so you could just basically ah, right. it, like a heart rate monitor. It would. It was taut enough that it wouldn't slip. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But again, no very, price. Very price. The only no, the no thing price, with yeah. this, like, I mean, don't you see a problem here for developers that, like, the thing is, if you have tactile transducers, they work with everything because they they go off of base response. They're not mm. programmed into the game. You don't have to develop anything. They just work mm. across the board, and that's why I love them. But something like this, um, you know, the only things that I've heard of in terms of solutions are either screen scraping, looking for a hot scene, so a bright. You know, amber light, but then you know an ambulance goes by, and all of a sudden you're feeling heat. It's like, well, that's weird. You know, like what was their solution to the developer so, interface? So they only had their custom-made game uh, or experience to show off. Yeah. So I, I don't know how that would be implemented. I, I, I guess it would have to be good. implemented at that level. Good. Because yeah. if, it, if it's good enough and the price is right, then it will become standard. The same thing happened with virtual reality. If, if, mm -hmm. if the quality is good enough and the price is something that people are willing to pay, then in, it will get standardized. So yeah. I would not, I mean, they're probably in an R&D phase right now, prototyping, and they're not really, that's also why they're not announcing any price because it's probably out of the, you know, through the roof. But if they made their te technology good enough, and then start focusing on like getting it to customers. Then, then they're onto something. They just but need first, one big it title. Be, to be it needs to be really. Yeah, they just need one big title to to, to yeah. piggyback with, and then people yeah. are buying it for that or reason. And loads of people have it with, and... with Oculus or a partnership with Vive or whatever or something like that. And yeah, the guys, the guys that. from the Behaptics team were saying that they implemented. Uh, you know, it was a demo, like, but they implemented the SDK into Beat Saber in one day, and they did it themselves. Because so, the same yeah. thing basically happened with the the stem system, right? You know, if everybody remembers that, like the, yeah, the yeah, magnetic yeah. kind of controllers, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's never going to get implemented," and it actually didn't. But then, you know, virtual reality came, and we now have touch controllers and motion controllers, and we can move our hands in, in virtual reality. So, if it's done well enough and it's done good enough, then eventually it will become it will become a standard yeah. thing. Mike, Mike, did did you ask? There's a question I'm going to ask you. Uh, did you ask them? If there was a, like a, a crotch, a crotch yeah, version. Do a, <laughs> I knew you was going to answer that question. <laughs> uh, no, they they, they 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 didn't mention that, but they did they did tease about the fact of like having a whole suit rather than just a vest. Ooh, so. It's cold in here. Jeez. So it's, it's possible. It's possible. Hey, you hey, can you know dip your I'm balls sure, in I'm ice. Sure ladies, ladies have yeah. an, uh, some idea, but you don't have any idea, gentlemen. You know, any gentleman who's who's walked into the ocean knows there there is a sensitivity area. Yeah. All right. And you can experience that in your home now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's quickly uh, talk about Arizona Sunshine because we are running a little bit late, but it's right. an important one to talk about. Yes. Of all the experiences I tried at Gamescom, this was the one that stood head and shoulders above the rest. And I was really surprised about it because, you know, I'd played Arizona Sunshine before. I'd played the DLC, the Dead Man DLC, which I wasn't really that fond of. You know, I mentioned it on the show that I didn't really like it that much, mm -hmm. but it was kind of a bit of a throwaway experience. Um, but I was really intrigued by this kind of room scale or like warehouse scale experience. And what they did was they had a, a square room, which was kind of walled off. And they had up to four players could go in there. 
and they were each issued with a Vive Pro and a wireless Vive um, uh, adapter, you know, the new one, uh, which was also really comfortable, by the way, super comfortable and had a little battery pack that you just clipped uh, to your to your, your, your belt. Mm-hmm. And then you had two guns each with Vive trackers on the top, and they were using the uh, new Vive 2.0 base stations to track everyone within this space, and a single PC uh, running the whole thing for everyone, which was kind of crazy. Uh, so just like the Void, uh, you know, we've mentioned it before, the Star Wars experience with the Void, you can see your teammates in real time in VR, so you, you never bump into each other, and that was one of the things that never happened whilst I was playing, even though it was in a relatively small space, I never bumped into the wall, I never bumped into another person, because if you went near to the walls, the chaperone system would show, so you, you avoided that, um, and basically it was it was actually the start of the Dead Man DLC, or, or, or sort of parts of that DLC that they used in this experience, so at first it was just kind of like a wave shooter. We're all shooting these zombies. And then there was a, a lever you had to pull and then you went down in a lift together. But of course you all have to physically walk and move around into the lift to go in into it. And it's really difficult to explain how oh, freaking awesome. awesome that oh, is. That's awesome. Like when you're moving, like even if it's just like 30 meters to go into a small square so you're in a lift, it just felt so good. And well, for it loses those of you in the immersion, right? Like straight away, you're just like your brain goes, "Oh, this oh, is not real." Completely convinced, and and this is where it That's got crazy, really interesting yeah. because in the Dead Man DLC, there's a part, and they replicated it in this experience where the lift gets stuck uh, <laughs> halfway down the lift shaft, and you have to walk out on a girder to an adjacent lift. Oh my god! And I, and, I, and there's a real gap between the lift and the girder, oh. and holy crap! <laughs> like my brain was like convinced that. I, I was like, because I hate heights, and I was like, oh my god! Like, I never felt this for a long time in VR, where I actually felt like that feeling of sensation of being high because I, I actually had to walk out and, and stand on it, and so I hopped over, and then I was on this girder, and I was actually balancing, and there was a, another girder in your way where you had to duck down. Every single one of us did it, like every single one of us did it, and um, then you, there were really clever designs where you know two players would hold off zombies while another one had to either go on a, like a moving platform to get like a to a switch but again it was so cleverly done the way they had like designed the levels to utilize the space so well and uh using the uh the guns with the uh, the trackers just worked flawlessly uh using the vive uh, wireless system was flawless the whole experience lasted about 10 to 15 minutes uh and i would say it felt more substantial than the void although it didn't have the attention to detail that the void has because mm-hmm. in the void it has like tactile buttons wind heat rumble uh had yeah. they had that in this experience oh my god it would have been the best experience uh, i think i'd ever tried in vr and one of the things that added to the immersion of the experience was you know the vive pro is is a fairly comfortable headset anyway um but because you didn't have this huge backpack on like you had on in the void you felt very free and very light to maneuver around and sort of really sort of get involved in the envir- environment um so not only was I really super impressed with the experience that they had put together as a, just like a pop-up because all you need is like a, a, a cube basically in the center of a mall and they could pop this up anywhere, but it was the Vive wireless module and how that performed as well because there was no latency issues. It was light, it was comfortable, and I completely even forgot that we were wireless. You know, like it felt like a tethered experience, but you weren't essentially. It was that good um so i was amazed by that as well um so overall that that experience just completely blew me away and i was just so impressed with it all so you know impressed with that and the fact that this wireless adapter just works 
We, we got a question uh, asking you, uh, what made this girder or hide experience uh, so different to the similar one in the DLC? So in, so in the DLC, you know, um, because you're either, you know, you're either teleporting or you're using full locomotion with a stick, uh, you, you have that disconnect of, of you and the real world. Whereas if you're actually physically walking, it's way more convincing to your brain. And yeah. it's, it is very difficult to understand, even as a person that is so if experienced in VR. Plastic, yeah, then it's a, yeah, I think that's it, a big it, difference. The, the connection you have with the world that you're in feels so much more real in that sense. Um, and, and that's, that's what kind of made me laugh, you know, when I, when I really hesitated to take that step or I, or I felt like I was actually having to leap, uh, to reach a platform. Then I knew in my mind that, that I was like, this is something else. This is like on another level. Uh, so it was, very, it was a very cool experience indeed. So hats cool. off to them, HTC for, for putting it all together. Um, but I think they're, they're looking at, you know, using this concept as a pop-up and maybe doing what the void does and maybe in a shopping mall they'll do like a pop-up and people can experience it but the funny thing was like um a lady uh, an older lady joined us at the beginning and uh, i was like you know cool she's going to be involved and apparently like a couple of minutes in she was like nope (laughs) and just walked out (laughs) i think i think it was her first experience and uh i said to the devs afterwards like why did she leave did she say why she left and they were like she didn't say a word and she just walked out (laughs) so uh unfortunately we didn't know whether it was like she was terrified or just completely overwhelmed by the experience uh but then one of the uh the Arizona's uh, Sunshine dev jumped in. He was a really cool guy and sort of led us through the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, and we sort of completed it. But like I said, it was like 10 to 15 minutes long. It sounds really, uh, it just sounds really convincing. It reminds me of, I've only probably ever had one or two of those types of experiences. It was it was Unseen Diplomacy, which mm-hmm. is a game where, uh, again, it was my first time not being a relatively confined space. Uh, again, with the Vive, original Vive. And um, it was at one of these UK games conventions. Hmm. And I felt safe because the environment was huge. It was something like 20 feet by 20 feet. It was large, maybe 30 by 30. Um, and it was just all kind of green screen. So they were kind of, they had a film crew and stuff. And they were watching it. But I just totally, when you're ducking and you're doing those physical movements with your body, yeah. I found the same thing that within a minute or two, yeah. you're just almost in sync with your virtual form. And you're like, this is me. I'm now in the holodeck. And whatever yeah. I see is real. And it's just like this weird thing because they had the same deal where you had these like little gratings and you're like big drop over there. And then you had to kind of find your way in and you find your your legs like do the tremble, the small yeah. tremors or whatever. I mean, I want that. I, I definitely yeah. want that at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but it's great even if they can bring it to malls. As you said, one PC driving four machines. Obviously, Steam brought out that um, traceability before. So it's great to... It's great to hear this, Mike. I mean, Crazy. to be honest, yeah. I think five it, years ago, was this was like impossible. Huh? Like there was there was mm-hmm. nothing like this, and now this is coming like right. like popping up. Like you can find this in a store right now. That's yeah. that's insane. Yeah, yeah, All very cool. Halloween, people are going to use this at Halloween. They're going to yeah. fucking terrify people with that yeah. somehow. So- so just while we talk about the, the the Vive wireless module, if you're interested in it, and uh, you know, like I've had some experience with the TPCast, I, I was amazed how flawless it was. Um, it would be it would be interesting to see how easy it is to set up because the TPCast was complicated. But apparently, it's just a PCIe slot like module that you slot into your PC, and then you've got some software to set up, and then you're up and running. Uh, it's going to be three hundred bucks, and it launches on the twenty fourth of September. So it'll be really interesting to see how the setup is. Um, but from my experience so far very excited about this wireless module and i'm very tempted to pick one up for the pro 
Do we know if um, the PCIe slot is it a two or a sixteen lane? We don't know, unfortunately. Okay, I, don't uh, know. I think I think I know, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I kind of looked that up too. though, because I, I yeah. I've I've been talking to some people, and I think uh, I thought I thought it was uh, the the smaller one. Yeah, because right. that right. can I'm, and again, I'm not, so I'm not 100% you know, sure though. I need to look it up first. Mm. So nobody makes the same mistake I did. If you have a 16 lane, a two will go in that. Oh yeah, well yeah, yeah well. But, yeah. but I didn't know that for years, and <laughs> yeah. uh, if anyone else has, doesn't know that, they need to know that. Okay, anyway. Good information. Good information. So that that is the end of the show this week. We've ran on a little bit late, but we had just so much to cover this week. It was unreal. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to sort of mention at the end of the show, we're, we're thinking of moving uh, the audio uh, hosting from SoundCloud to Anchor, and, and for one good reason, and that is so you as our sort of listeners and viewers can actually record questions in the form of like a voicemail and leave it for us uh, attached to our show. So like in the future, we could have questions from you guys, but they're actually audio questions so other people can hear your voice and hear your questions. So if you're kind of interested in that and you think it's a good move, then I'd love to know your thoughts and feedback on that because at the end of the day, this, this show is for you guys and girls. So if you think that would enhance the show, then please let us know. Uh, but if you've got any questions for us, please check them in the chat now and I'll just uh, remind you of the show times and everything else. I've got a great one here just before you do the reel. Sure. Uh, from Sylvan on Twitch. My goodness, Nathy is really calm and quiet today. <laughs> he, he is. Although I can't imagine it's he's nice. calm and quiet right now in real life because he, he's going to be screaming his little lungs out, <laughs> screaming for KSI or Logan Paul. I don't know who's he, who he's backing, but... He's also, I, I, I pulled a picture of a uh, fantastic gamer VR who made the uh, here's Rowdy. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I actually met him. Uh, we met him. Oh, at, uh, yeah, at Rest. We met him. Rest. So, good yeah. to see. Good to see another member of the budding VR community. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Always great to meet those great people. Art. It's a shame, actually. Whilst I was at uh, Gamescom, I didn't get to meet Voodoo or Sebastian from Mixed Reality, or Jürgen, who were all there as well. I just, we just missed each other. You know, there's so many people there, it's unreal. Yeah. Uh, but it's a shame. I would have really liked to meet those guys, but I'm sure at OC5, we're probably all going to get together at some point. Last question for you, Mike. Are you going back to Gamescom next year, do you think? I will try my best for sure. I will worth try my best anyway. for sure. Good. Yeah, it was we've, got, we've got a couple more questions in the chat as well. Like, uh, we got. Uh, uh, the Mad Hatter asking Mike, what's it like when you come out of an experience like Is your brain just like, what the hell just happened? I, I was just smiling. I was just smiling so much. And I just said to the dev, like, because he was playing with us, I was like, dude, like, that was one of the best experiences I've ever had in VR. Like, that's how good it was. And I was just beaming. And, uh, you know, I was just blown away by the tech from HTC, you know, with the trackers and the 2.0 base stations. And then this this PC that was running all four units and the, the wireless module. And together, it just all worked flawlessly. And that was just so great for me. Um, so, yeah, I was just I was just i was having a great time i was laughing so much and i was just so happy you know that we, we, we've come so far already you know like you said yeah cool um okay so it's just a reminder you know it's a weekly vr ar and mr talk show live streamed every saturday on this youtube channel twitch and on facebook you can tune into the show live at 7 p.m in europe 6 p.m in the uk 12 midday in century us if you miss this live stream don't worry we re-upload it every sunday uh, sorry, I was late last weekend. I was editing the show on the train and then I didn't get to upload it until uh, the following day. So apologies for that. But uh, it is normally uploaded every Sunday. 
Uh, you can check out the audio version on Google Play Music, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Maybe Anchor in the future if you guys think it's a good idea. Uh, and yeah, so we hope you in, you've enjoyed this a bit longer show. Uh, you know, Nathie will be back on track next week, uh, and we'll all be together as a as a foursome. And hopefully, in between this time, we can check out. Um, file zero hour together as a team i'd really like that so if we can get to do that we can hopefully share our experience on that on next week's episode mike all right please remember to bring the usb key i'll remember to bring the usb stick <laughs> so i hope you guys and girls have enjoyed this one i hope you all have a great week in the metaworks and until next week have a great one and we'll see you then so until then bye-bye for now bye-bye, bye-bye.